a small-time bank robber and Woody Harrelson fulfilled the promise to their recently deceased best friend in Russia. Somebody write this. Welcome to Somebody Write This, where we use a random plot generator to give us an idea, and then we brainstorm how that could be a thing somebody might want to write. I'm Hannah. And I'm Jenny. And to help us with our brainstorming today, we have a guest. Let's welcome Lorian McGill. Hello. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so excited to have you on here. You are, you do a lot of writing, You've come from a family of storytellers, all of <laughs> related to mine as well. So yes, when we were talking about what we wanted to kind of talk about in our, in our little interview section, you said that you really like conversations about tropes, what, uh, what we connect to, what we don't, what tropes work, what tropes don't. Let's start off by you just tell us maybe your key thoughts on this. <laughs> like, where do you, what do you think? What do you, I don't know, what did you have in mind when you proposed this? Yeah, well, I mean, I think tropes get kind of a bad reputation because they often do become cliche, but they're tropes for a reason, right? They work Mm -hmm. or they worked in some fashion in some way. And so I think it can be really fun to think about what tropes appeal to us individually, why they work, and how we can potentially subvert those tropes. How can we turn them on their heads? In particular, I'm I'm a sucker for a good romantic comedy, and that has a whole mm. range of tropes. And some, I can tell you, you know, these are my favorite tropes, these tropes I stay away from, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is just an interesting way to assess stories. Yeah, I think I like the idea that it's, you know, some tropes work for us and the ones that don't tend to be the ones that we call cliche, (laughs) the ones that do are the ones that we, so I absolutely know that people would look at rom-coms sometimes and say, oh, they're just full of tropes and they're full of cliches. It's not cliche, it's a classic. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And at the same time, I, you know, I may watch a different genre of of movie that they love and be like, oh, this has all the crime movie cliches. (laughs) And they're like, yes, that's what makes it great. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Fantasy, science fiction at all kinds of levels all have their really ingrained, you know, in a in a composition class, I might tell my students, those are genre characteristics. That's how we know Mm. it fits in this genre. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious for you, when when does a trope or a genre characteristic become a cliche? When does it become maybe something that's not as positive? That's a great question. I think when it becomes when the the storyteller relies too heavily on it as the engine of the story or the device Mm. becomes consuming. Because I think examples of tropes that work well is when they provide a really good playing field for excellent characters and interesting moments between those characters. And so I think it it fails when the trope becomes the thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So part of the fun is watching people play with the established Mm -hmm. tropes. And if you're not playing, then it is very much just something we've seen before without without new thought or originality to it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So as you're writing genre fiction, I don't know how much genre fiction you've written. Maybe some. I actually don't know all that. But I'd love to hear what do you think about the how aware are do you have to be of those tropes as you're writing genre fiction? Like, is there just a constant tension between what do I include? What do I leave out? What do I subvert? That's a great question. I think that there does need to be some, I think that the best stories, I guess I would say within a genre, even when they're trying to subvert that genre are ones that clearly have a lot of affection for the form in which they're writing. And so Mm. Maybe that doesn't even mean a a great well of familiarity, but it means that the writer is excited about that genre. I think the sort of parodies and 
skewering of genres that work the least are the ones where they really are just mean because there's really no audience for that, right? Like people who hate (laughs) that genre don't really want to watch all of its worst (laughs) qualities and people who love it (laughs) want to feel like you enjoy it. And so I think the same is true of genre sort of in general. If you don't care about or feel warmly toward the form in which you're writing, it's probably not going to work for you. Yeah. Okay. I'd love to hear the, the reverse. You talked about how you, you love rom-coms and the tropes associated with them. What's uh, maybe a genre that is that where you've had to kind of learn to enjoy those tropes where at first they did feel just old and cliche and boring to you? Ooh, I am not a huge horror fan or scary movie. And so it is easy for me to sort of discount them all as a group of, well, those are, those are cliche. Those are all jump scares and people popping out of closets and and slasher films. And so learning to appreciate certain films that maybe fall within that genre and seeing how the the tropes can work when they're executed differently has been something that I've done. Let's talk about horror specifically. Within that genre, are the ones that have been most successful for you, are they ones that tend to not include most many of those tropes at all and do kind of something brand new, or the ones that do take them and deliberately subvert them? Because there's a different feel to the two, and I'm curious as to whether one appeals to you more than the other as somebody not a fan of them in their original form. Yeah, I tend to lean towards horror that's more on the thriller or suspense side. That's really only sort of barely horror. And so probably the the films or or books that do sort of avoid those tropes as much as possible, but maybe use them sparingly. I really like the Quiet Place films, which is not a hot take. Everybody really likes those films, but I think those are <laughs> those yeah. are really excellent suspense. And and there is, you know, some blood and gore, and there are some of those classic elements, but it does feel character driven. And so maybe that is the the turning point for me. Yeah. And let's move into our into our brainstorming here. Our synopsis, as you remember, is a small time bank robber and Woody Harrelson <laughs> fulfill their pro- the promise to their recently deceased best friend in Russia. I think this is the first time that we've had a <laughs> definitely real person worked into our story from the beginning. There have been times I think where we worked in real characters throughout, but this is definitely the first time where a, a celebrity has been the core of our story. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the question. Is it Woody Harrelson or is it somebody who just happens to be named Woody Harrelson? Like, <laughs> like, like what, what, what are my best friends in yeah. high school? Her yes. mom's first name was Robin and she married a guy whose last name was Williams. She just was oh. Robin Williams. Yeah, She was Robin Williams. Yeah, I I knew a Ginger Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> my um, boss was Will Smith for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you could definitely have, and I think, I think you, you know, you do work in then this, uh, you have to address the fact that maybe he's irritated by this, like Wesley Snipes of 30 Rock <laughs> right. or, um, yes. or Michael Bolton from Office Space, <laughs> who are just angry that they, somebody else has their name. Right. <laughs> or maybe they're using this to their advantage somehow if they're, if they're teaming maybe. up with a bank robber. That's true. Maybe that's their alias. Maybe that's their alias. I mean, the actor Woody Harrelson's father was a hitman, an organized crime guy. So it is really? interesting that Wait, he would fall in with really? a small. Yes. I didn't know that. I know. It's, oh, well, it's okay, crazy. Now it has to be the actual Woody Harrelson. That, that, <laughs> of the, course. The, it has opened up. He has criminal ties, right? Right. 
and with a with a small bank robber and whoever the best friend is in Russia, that's that can't be good. That's <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Russians can't be good. <laughs> that's that's not where we're racist. going with that. <laughs> I agree. I um, mean, no arguments. <laughs> it's uh, a trope. It's a trope. It is, it is a trope. Bad it guy, is, I believe my maternal great grandmother was Russian, came over from Russia, <laughs> just so we know. So I am part of this story now. <laughs> So if Woody Harrelson's actual father was involved in big time crime, this is a small time bank robber. This is not necessarily somebody connected to the set to to his <laughs> criminal past. This is well, like some other random person. Maybe. He's kind of a disappointment, Woody Harrelson. Decided <laughs> <laughs> to be an actor. That's right. You know. Uh, okay. So he and the bank robber were were friends with somebody either is from Russia or just ended up in Russia at the end of their life. Or that's just okay. where they fulfill the, the promise. Oh, yeah. yeah. And maybe the best friend is what brings Woody Harrelson and the bank robber together. Maybe they don't know each other, but they both make a promise to this person. Oh. Yeah. And it brings them together to fulfill it. Is this... <laughs> so this is going back to the rom-com tropes. Is, is this, this like a parent gonna, trap? Did for- he? Yeah. Did their friend set them up <laughs> in in their will? Everybody knows Russia is the most romantic place on earth. <laughs> they, they left them. <laughs> their friend left them a romantic getaway at a, at a lodge in Russia. It's, it's like Siberia. one of those ice hotels. <laughs> yes. Oh my, oh my gosh. Goodness. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that, but I do kind of love it. I do kind of love it too. It's ridiculous, but I do love it. Oh my goodness! And it definitely gets away from the the you know immediate spy crime vibe I was going with. I kind of like the idea. Of, yes. I kind of like the idea of suddenly this is a rom com. Right, <laughs> it's, it's it's a spy rom. You have to com. spend the summer in Russia <laughs> together. Huh. Uh, or it's, but it's also a little bit like the, you know, the haunted house ones where like, if you stay a night in the house, you get the house or whatever, you get oh, right, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Earn the money. Yes. It's that kind of thing. If you spend the summer in Russia <laughs> or maybe the winter in that's, Russia, I'm sure that's miserable. That's yeah, that, good. Maybe the bank robber wants to turn away from a life of crime and Woody Harrelson is trying to fund his next project. So they really need the money. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Maybe, so like, in your will, you come stay in this ice <laughs> castle. <laughs> For yeah. three months. <laughs> I, <laughs> Who is this best friend and why would they do that to them? <laughs> I know. It's just like 90 minutes of vodka joke. <laughs> well, and- A bear walks by. You know? <laughs> so, uh, okay. So I'm intrigued. So Woody Harrelson, we have, we have a little bit about his character, what's going on. We know kind of what's going on there. So the small time bank robber. I want to know how the bank robbing plays into any of this is it a situation where the friend does this partly because they want the bank robber to have enough money to be able to not rob banks anymore because they're mm. small time meaning they haven't been able to actually make a living doing this either Ooh, and so they're and woody harrelson also has <laughs> okay. the, the, the friend is like trying to trying to fulfill their friend's dreams okay <laughs> with the okay. russian ice castle what what are these bank robbers skills are they like the mm. stick em up kind or are they the safe cracker mm. kind or are they the heist kind? You know, and and could could there have been something that the dead best friend was working on and getting these guys involved in 
And then they died before it could finish. And so each of them individually says, well, I'm going to go finish this job for my friend. And they run into each other mm. doing it. Maybe I just threw everything good out the window. But- <laughs> no, I like it. I mean, you did bring it back down to earth a little bit, but I think that's okay. Oh, Fine, whatever. That's okay. There's still be vodka and bears. There's still be okay, vodka good. and bears. And now I, small- I do still genuinely want them to end up together at the end now. For sure. Oh, totally. For sure. Totally. Small Um, time does feel like more of a hold up, just sliding a note to the teller across the desk and less high tech heisty. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Uh, Yeah, I don't don't think the bank robber definitely would have, uh, uh, being small time, I don't think she'd have resources to do more. Ocean's 1.2. Yeah, (laughs) Ocean's 1. Just her. Just Ocean. Harrelson's 1. Harrelson doesn't even. It's Oceans 2 at the end, because the two of them do it. <laughs> oh. What if this is like a pina colada situation, where this bank robber is already Woody Harrelson's <laughs> wife, but he doesn't know that about her? <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> what? The pina colada song, where but the yes, pina but like, coladas. Yes, but at what point do they find it out? Surely before they both arrive at an ice castle in Russia. <laughs> Not necessarily. You saw Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Or like when, that's okay. right. That's that's true. Uh, okay. Okay. How do you think she's been buying the new curtains? <laughs> He's an actor. He's probably gone for months at a time, right? right? He doesn't yeah. know what she does. <laughs> she just goes Plenty of time for bank robbing. But uh, yeah, is it just a thrill then? She doesn't really need the know. money. She's just bored. That's, that's why she's small time. She could go big time, but... <laughs> But she she doesn't need to. She's got the money. (laughs) I'm bored. I think he'll go out and rob a bank. (laughs) I feel like that's definitely, there are definitely so many stories about like bored housewives doing outrageous things. I think. Oh Oh my gosh. Okay. okay. Well, because if Woody's an actor and, you know, supposedly he's a successful one, he has got money. All right. So she doesn't like need the money. What if she doesn't rob banks where she lives? What if she actually flies to foreign countries to rob their banks? That seems oh, no. so much more difficult. That seems much less small time. <laughs> yeah, but, that, but that's it's, just, it's that's, just for a thrill. So it's just little banks, just little amounts operation. of money. That's just what she does on vacation. She goes to Florence and robs a bank. I did have sure. to, by the way, look up Woody Harrelson and whether he is married or not. <laughs> is he? He was married once in '85 and divorced in '86, and then got married again in 2008 and is still with them. Oh, so that first marriage probably ended when he found out about her life of crime, right? (laughs) The first marriage is the life of crime. (laughs) That's why it was so short. The first woman he was married to was the daughter of Neil Simon. Oh, okay. Oh, she really doesn't need the money. Right. (laughs) Wikipedia says, I want to know if this can fit into it. (laughs) He married her. The union was not intended to be serious. And the two had planned to divorce the following day. (laughs) Fake date. Fake date trope. (laughs) But the storefront. but but the storefront marriage divorce parlor was closed when they returned to it and they remained married for another 10 months. <laughs> Oops. That is like some classic procrastination. Like I can get it done right now or yeah. 10 months from now. There's no in between. I think this is absolutely uh, oh Neil Simon's daughter is a bank robber now. <laughs> oh, this is the best. And maybe, maybe the... Maybe their friend made them promise to get married. So they were like, fine, okay. we'll do it. And then that's it. We're done. Mm-hmm. Oh, because like, obviously, this whole story takes place during that 10 months. 
Right. Because yeah. they got married, yeah. didn't divorce right away. And so, but Woody had a job and he had to go shoot a movie. Mm. Right. I think he was probably doing Cheers at that point. Oh, that's, that's true. Right. So he was filming Cheers. He was busy. And so she was off robbing banks. <laughs> and then. <laughs> Okay, so what so what gets them to Russia? I mean, she's obviously going to Russia to rob a bank. <laughs> yeah. What? So I'm actually I'm gonna pause us and get our title, which I feel like this can't hurt us because <laughs> there's no place for this to not go. Like this could be absolutely anywhere. I have a hundred questions about the storefront marriage and divorce place that closes at, at opportune times. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so here's our title. No. It's got weird punctuation, so I'll have to say it out loud with the punctuation as well as putting it in the chat. So our title is, have the hots for, in parentheses, somebody. (laughs) It is a pina colada story. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So there's that. They both know they're going to divorce anyway, and so they're seeing other people. Well, and it's a pun, right? Because they're in Russia in the winter, so it's like a reverse. Right. Yeah, freezing. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! I do love that the parentheses makes it feel like a draft. We didn't. Right. We could put anyone oh in gosh. there. Like, like I, I feel like this is just yeah, sending out mass emails to people. I guess not, in, not in eighty six, but right. like yeah, v- it's, it's a feeling. It's the template. Right. Oh my goodness! For something. <laughs> so it's the new checking the personals for you know small okay, so time bank so, robber looking so for a handsome white actor. Yeah. So we have this this 1985 to 1986 ten month marriage, <laughs> and then he doesn't marry anybody else for like thirty years, twenty years. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So is so is this something that happens in that time? Is, is our is our head canon that the woman he's married to now is actually her <laughs> again after she took on a bank robber persona and <laughs> alias mm. or like we have this whole like we can use this mysterious length of time where nothing happened <laughs> and see if there's anything that'd be interesting about that hmm. well what would be interesting is if they did separate you know after the russia job like maybe i don't she could have been incarcerated for a while but like by the time he got married again online dating was a thing oh you see and that's where it comes back around they start dating online and don't know it's the other one because she's under a different name now right (laughs) but but we forgot about all about the best friend and the promise the best friend sets them up to online date Uh uh-huh it's like hey i have this okay I have I have somebody I think you'll really like, and then okay. sets them up, and they end so up they're... in Russia again, <laughs> and then sends them to Russia. <laughs> Go meet them in Russia. Well, because... maybe they met the best friend in Russia in the first place. Okay, that makes sense. And oh so yeah, their friend. Oh yeah, come visit me. Promise their I'm friend... sick. Come promise to come visit. Oh yeah, or their friend dies after making them promise his dying wishes that they'd both get on tender, and they have to go to Russia for the funeral where they run uh-huh. into each other. Oh, again. we have a double. We have a you've got mail yes. situation. Okay, so yes, yes. the the friend yes. not only they start talking online, but then the friend also, as he knows he's dying, and in when he somehow he finances a Woody Harrelson project in Russia. 
Yes. And also, and also hooks her into a bank robbery she can do in Russia. <laughs> and opens a bank. Opens a, opens a <laughs> bank in Russia and says, hey, <laughs> come rob me. Or is like, I can get you. We'll do an inside job. And so they meet in Russia. They recognize <laughs> each other as the old people that they were <laughs> that they were married to 20 years ago. Ah, but it. they don't realize yes. that it's very you've got mail. They're still corresponding yes. right. as the new people. Yes. Right. And and then I didn't know you liked pina coladas. Yes. <laughs> or, however you say it in Russian. Right, yeah. <laughs> and the app that they're using is called Have the Hots for somebody. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a new, the friend started the app too. Of course. Sign up at havethehots.com. I have to say, I don't think I've ever had a friend this committed to setting me up with anybody. (laughs) The levels. I feel like there, there could be like an entire series of stories about this person's from beyond the grave attempts to connect people. Like they they had, they had a terminal illness and they spent their entire last year just Just like setting up all these matches, carefully carefully manipulating everybody to beat each other. I love it. So now we've crossed it with Emma and zombies. The postmortem matchmaker is the yes! series title. That's the that's the subversion. Yes. Right. It's the matchmaker, but they're dead. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is amazing. This is one of my favorite stories ever. <laughs> I love that this went in no way the direction I thought it was going right. to. Like, not even close. Do you think do you think we could get Woody Harrelson to play himself in the movie? <laughs> It depends on how he feels about the fact that he wrote involving his actual marriage. <laughs> he is going to have to read for the Sorry, role. We're not just going to give it to him. <laughs> He's going to have to come in and read. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, we are right about at time. So I'm going to say, <laughs> listeners, you know what to do. <laughs> if any of you know Woody Harrelson, I suppose you could send him this episode. <laughs> And hopefully he won't be upset by it. I think it's an amazing story. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, please fill in the blanks on this. Fill in the gaps. If you were just completely not on board with the rom-com angle we went with, please tell us where you would have taken it. And I will tell you that I like this answer almost certainly better. <laughs> like, I like ours amazingly well. Okay, so we're going to we're gonna toss that out to you. Anything you you brainstorm or write or create about this, any thoughts you have on it, we would love to hear your responses to this. We'll have all our contact information at the end of the show. Please get in touch with us and let us know what you thought about what happened today. (laughs) So we're going to go ahead and transition into our segment where we're going to recommend a story. And I think this week I'm going to uh, recommend something uh, something else a little zany, a little silly. I have been rewatching a show that I fell in love with back when it was on the air and then it it was it went two seasons and then disappeared and isn't on streaming anywhere I had to you, you can get it can purchase it or rent it on Amazon for money but it's The Neighbors. It was an ABC show about a <laughs> a family who moves into a townhouse in this in this gated community where nobody's been able to there had been no house sales for like 10 years and it's because everybody who lives in that community are all aliens from the same planet Ooh. and and so it's these normal suburban neighbors interacting with the with the aliens and the aliens <laughs> are all named after earth athletes um, so <laughs> they so their next door neighbors are like Larry Bird and Jackie Joyner Kersey and Reggie Jackson oh my gosh and so 
And it's absolutely, it is one of the silliest shows ever, but it's, it, it makes me laugh so hard. It's so goofy. It often surprises me where it goes with its, with, with the humor that it goes for. And I am thoroughly enjoying the rewatch. It's just as much fun as it was when I watched it 10 years ago. So if you get a chance to watch it, The Neighbors is delightful. I'm going to toss it to Jenny. What would you like to recommend this week? Yes, I would like to recommend a new movie. I don't think it's going to run for very long, but I'm sure it'll be available to watch other places outside the theaters soon enough. C.S. Lewis, The Most Reluctant Convert. Mm. Now, you got to have a warning before you go into this movie because I didn't have one. It was a little weird. This The film is based on a one-man stage play. Oh. And so the structure of the film is very, very similar to that in the sense that you have the older C.S. Lewis telling us his story and then what he says is acted out and he's kind of just like observing it with us. And so as a film, it's a little awkward in the structure, but the story is absolutely fascinating. Watching how this author grew up, his life as a boy, his education, and how he went from the the most stubborn atheist possible, absolutely against any ideas of religion or God at all to, as we, as we know him now through his writings as, you know, one of the most famous Christian writers and a man of absolute faith and whether or not you share that faith, watching his story is really, really fascinating watching him take that journey. So he's one of my favorite authors. And so it was, it was great to watch. Yeah. I really enjoyed that as well. I agree. I was going to say, I know that, that Lorian's family was talking about going to see that as well. I have not yet. All right, Lorian, you get to recommend one as well. What would you like to recommend to our listeners if they haven't seen it or read it or heard it yet? Yeah, in keeping with our earlier theme of tropes and rom-coms, I'm going to recommend recommend the novel Waiting for Tom Hanks by Carrie oh, Winfrey. Really? It's just a really sweet book. It's about a gal who wants to be a screenwriter. She wants to be the next Nora Ephron and she ends up getting a job on a movie that's filming in her front yard, basically, with, of course, a handsome lead actor and hijinks <laughs> ensue. And it's very sweet. And really, any any of Carrie Winfrey's novels are just kind of fun, cozy romances nice. to read. Yeah, awesome. I'll have to add that to my list. That sounds delightful. It is. Awesome. So before before we take off, Lorian, I want to give you a chance to plug anything you want, whether you want to plug a blog or social media, whatever you want to share. Sure. Yeah, I have a blog. It is, it's not particularly tonally consistent. I'll just tell you up front. So there's <laughs> a, a wide of range of thoughts. It is <laughs> 101 digressions is the title and that is pretty appropriate. And so it is at oh, 101, the number digressions.wordpress.com. I would love for anyone to check that out. Yeah, Thanks. I enjoy reading it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> So yeah, I'll make sure and put that in the show description as well Perfect. so folks can find you. Lorian, thank you so much for joining us. This was a wild ride and I'm Hilarious. so glad you're here for it. <laughs> this was great fun. Thank you so much. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that is our episode, folks. As a reminder, you can find us every other Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WriteThisPod or on Facebook slash SomebodyWriteThis. And if you've been inspired by this episode and have questions or comments or a story or anything else, email us at SomebodyWriteThis at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be back with another episode in two weeks. See you then. And as they say, there is no bird that cannot wear its own feathers. Mm -hmm.